Welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights, and I'm your host, Don. I want to thank you for listening. Today, I'll be discussing the Rangers offseason, adding Vincent Trocek, and beginning a busy offseason, and also a few Yankees odds and ends. So let's go ahead and get started. So I'm going to start with the New York Rangers. They've had somewhat of an eventful beginning to their offseason after what was a very, very, very successful playoff run and season that went unexpectedly better than pretty much any Ranger fan could have expected. So the offseason has been very, very eventful. Um, the Rangers signed recently center Vincent Trocek. He was formerly on Carolina. The Rangers faced him in the playoffs. Uh, they signed him actually on a seven-year deal. He's 29. They signed him for seven years, which is quite long, but probably in the end it was needed. Uh, Trocek, in my opinion, is a he's a pretty decent center. He checks well. He's got some speed. He's kind of gritty. He is on the small side, though. I think he's, I don't know, 5'10", 184, or something like that. Um, but the most important thing and the biggest addition that he'll bring is he wins face-offs at a pretty good clip. Uh, apparently 52% is counts as a very good clip nowadays. Um, certainly for the Rangers, it's like monstrous, but um, he wins more faceoffs than he loses, which we cannot say about any single Ranger on the team right now. Um, I think Andrew Kopp might have done that toward the end of the year, but he's gone now. So the Rangers acquired Chocek, um, and, and this is going to help them be a little bit more gritty in addition to winning faceoffs. He is an excellent defensive player. He wins puck battles. He's very tenacious in that way. He definitely, you know, really is on defensively on people. And we need some people in our top six that are a little bit more blue-collar, a little less white-collar, right? People that will get in there, be nasty, gritty, really work hard. And it's not that the Rangers' top six doesn't work hard. They're sort of of a different ilk where they're more skilled shooters, less puck winners kind of thing. So Trocek is, is in the mold that will help us in that manner. Um, some other moves that we'll talk about. Um, the Rangers lost Yorkiev, which was known and obviously, you know, expected and not the biggest loss in the world. Um, Yorgov was decent. He had streakiness where he was really good in other parts of his year where he was really bad. So it's not a big loss for the Rangers. Um, they did sign another backup goalie who I'm going to talk about in a minute. So Yorgov is gone. Yaroslav Halak was signed as the backup goalie for Igor. Uh, he's 37. <laughs> so Igor's backup is now 37 years old. Patrick Nemeth was traded. Thank God to clear cop space and he sucked balls. So let's face it. If you've listened to my podcast before, you know I couldn't stand Patrick Nemeth. He was slow, old, got burned all the time. Thank God he's gone. Um, so he is off the team and that cleared a little bit of cap space. Ryan Strom is gone. He signed a five year deal with Anaheim. This was kind of expected as well. Um, as far as Strom, I don't know what to say other than. It's probably not the worst thing in the world. I couldn't stand him toward the end of the year in the playoffs. Now, it came out afterwards that he was hurt. But, you know, it's hard to equate exactly when that started with when his bad play started. So I am going to say overall that it's not the worst thing that Strom is gone at this point. He did play pretty well for the Rangers overall, particularly in the first half of last year, I have to say. 
Now, Frank Vitrano is also gone. He signed a three-year deal over $3.5 million with the Anaheim Ducks. And frankly, I don't know. I have to say this one hurts. I very much liked Vitrano. He was a pickup at last year's trade deadline, and he excelled for the Rangers. He's one of these shoot-first players, get-the-puck, shoot-the-puck, that the Rangers are in such short supply of. They always try to make too many fancy passes and, you know, deeks around people and let me see if I can set up the perfect shot. Vitrano was just get the puck, shoot the puck. He was an absolute, you know, sniper. He was a really good shot. Um and he was fast and he was played a straightforward, simple game, which the Rangers need more of, and it's particularly effective in the playoffs when you don't have time to make these great moves and fancy passes. A lot less time anyway. And Vitrano was perfectly suited for the Rangers in that. However, the Rangers have a lot of cap trouble and very little cap space to work with. And, you know, paying, paying Vitrano three and a half or four million a year apparently was just not something the Rangers could afford to do because of the gigantic cap crunch that is, you know, the Rangers have right now and that Drury has to deal with. Vitrano, you know, was really one of my favorite, favorite players. But, uh, you know, he was only with the team for half a year at the end of this year. So we'll have to try to see what we can do to replace him. Another loss, Andrew Kopp. He's headed home. Uh, he went to play for his home, uh, hometown, the Red Wings. Uh, on a five-year contract. Now, Detroit sucks, so I guess uh, and the money must have been good for him. Uh, this one was another tough blow, uh, but the Rangers did not have money to keep him as well. Um, Braun, on defense, was a trade deadline acquisition from the Flyers. He's also gone. Now, him being gone makes some room, along with Nemeth, I should say. Braun and Nemeth being gone makes some room on the defense. Zach Jones, Robertson, a couple other young, good defensemen that might be able to take some spots on the Rangers' defense. Um, so, to summarize some of the offseason, you know, moves, pickups, acquired, re-signs, the Rangers added, or they acquired one or the other. We talked about Vincent Trocek at center, um, and that's a good addition. They signed, re-signed Sammy Blay, who was hurt all last year. Remember, he tore his ACL after that jerk on the Devils sloop-footed him. Uh, we signed Yaroslav Halak as our backup goalie. Uh, they also signed a depth center, somebody named Ryan Carpenter, who I'd never heard from before. He's apparently on the Flames. I don't even know if he'll be on the opening day roster, but he's a minimum salary player, like 750000 a year. Um, at least we can add him at center if there's any kind of injuries, because the Rangers are certainly short at center. Um, we did sign Vitaly Kraftstoff, who is, you know, you guys might remember, is the young Rangers draft pick, who kind of threw a fit and went back to Russia last year. Um, so it was really thought that the Rangers might never see him again, that they might never play for the Rangers again. But um, he's apparently very, very talented. I keep hearing, although I have not seen yet, how talented this kid is. So adding him is, you know, not not the worst thing in the world. Now, on the other side, the Rangers lost Ryan Strom, Frank Vitrano. Ugh, it still hurts me to say that. I really like Vitrano. Andrew Kopp. Probably Tyler Mott, who's really, uh, I didn't mention this before, but losing him is going to suck. He doesn't command a lot of salary, and he's exactly what the Rangers need. They lost Nemeth, they lost Braun, and they lost Georgiev. So, again, they added Trocek, 
re-signed Sammy Blay, signed Yaroslav Halak, signed a depth center Ryan Carpenter, and re-signed their Russian stud draft pick who threw a fit, Vitaly Krasov. They lost Ryan Strom, Vetrano, Kopp, probably Tyler Mott, Nemeth, Braun, and Georgiev. So the net result of this, I guess, is tough to project at this point. In particular, the loss of Mott and Vetrano seemed like strategic errors, in my opinion. Now, Vetrano might have been too expensive, so maybe there's nothing that Drury could have done about him. So I can't say too much about that. But in my opinion, Mott is easily affordable. He only made about a million, a million five last year. And you got to be kidding me if you can't find a way to keep Tyler Mott because he was great in the playoffs when he came back. He has so much speed. He kills penalties well. He is an outstanding sort of fourth line, third line forward who can go in. He checks a lot. He fights for every puck. Boy, it's something you really, really need in the playoffs. And, and boy, he was one of the fantastic additions late in the playoffs for the Rangers. Um, gaining Trocek as the second-line center, as I think about it, it's it's probably a wash at this point. It's very hard to assess what losing Strom and Kopp, who both can play center, and gaining Trocek at center, what the net result might be. But I think there's a key factor that might make it better. Um, we need some more blue-collar work up front, as we talked about, some people that can do the dirty work, and winning face-offs, when we talked about that, which is just a key, 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 key thing. So um, that, you know, it by itself might be <clears throat> something that severely helps the Rangers, someone that can actually win face-offs. Now, on the other side, losing a great shooter like Vetrano, talking about the net result of all these changes is going to hurt. There's just no other way to say that. Uh, but on the positive side, getting a good look at Krastoff might be, you know, at least somewhat might make up for that. So depending on just how good he is, there's going to be more work to do. There's going to be more off-season moves. So we're going to go ahead and see how all this plays out. Drury has a lot of work to do, and he needs to leave room for himself to make, room, make trades at the trading deadline next year when it comes up, too. Um, so we'll have to see. Now, just an off-season report about the Rangers' early, early busy offseason. I'm going to go ahead and talk about the Yankees now. So a couple Yankee odds and ends. The Yanks have been having a fantastic, unbelievable, great season so far. Mainly riding outstanding, outstanding starting pitching and some great MVP play by Judge at this point. And not much else, quite honestly. Maybe fantastic closing by Clay Holmes. Um, however, they have had some shortcomings that have been covered up by some great pitching. And if you listen to this podcast previously, you know I've said this over and over and over, how much great pitching, particularly starting pitching, covers up lots of deficiencies. And now the Yankees are slumping, and they haven't been getting quite as good starting pitching, particularly consistently from everyone. And some of those flaws underneath the covers are starting to show. When you pull away that veneer of great starting pitching, all of a sudden all the little imperfections start to show and they are many on the Yanks and they're starting to show here and the Yanks are slumping a bit. Now, again, they still have a tremendous, absolutely fantastic record. They still have a gigantic lead in the division and, you know, they're not in any danger of <laughs> missing the playoffs or, or, or even not having the best record in the league at this point, but they are slumping pretty badly at this point. Um, they just lost two of three games to the Cincinnati Reds who are like 20 or 30 games under 500. 
Um, and they were lucky to win one of those three games. They won the second of the three games on some terrible defense and like two consecutive wild pitches in extra innings, which, which scored a couple runs and the Yankees won. It was, uh, not great, not great at all. So, um, there's some things that the Yankees need to improve upon. Um, right now the relief pitching is bad and it's hard to sort of try to be, you know, a little nuanced about saying that. We can talk about, you know, this or that, but frankly, it's not good. Uh, Luizaga came back from being hurt for a while and, and he looked terrible. Um, and folks will say, you know, a lot of people were starting to make excuses for Luizaga that he was hurt and blah, blah, blah. But Luizaga didn't play well, didn't pitch well the entire season, even before he was hurt. But people sort of forgot about that. He came back in his first outing. He looked awful. So I'm hoping that was an anomaly and he'll get back to how he was last year. But he looked dreadful, and he's been terrible for the Yanks this year. We've talked about how bad Chad Green was, but he's gone for the year anyway. Um, Chapman has been an utter and complete nightmare for the Yanks. And I don't want to hear about his injury because he's been a nightmare for over a year for the Yanks at this point. Since a good first half of last year, 2021, he has been terrible. He's been terrible the entire second half of 2021, the entire year of 2022, before and after his quote-unquote injury, which I kind of think wasn't real anyway. But no matter what you say, Chapman is not a good pitcher at this point. The Yankees cannot trust him. He cannot throw strikes. He takes an hour and a half per pitch to throw the damn ball. I can't even watch him. When he comes in the game, it's like I go in another room because, you know, you, you can go away like eight minutes and come back and he's thrown four pitches. It, it's just awful to watch. And all of them are balls, by the way. So the relief pitching is bad. The wise is not good. Uh, Chapman is a nightmare. Holmes has had a few bad games lately. Now, he's been an outstanding closer, maybe the best in the game, but he's had a couple bad games lately. Our big lefty, Litke, has looked terrible the last couple games. Uh, we've had a few other people fall apart, you know, at the end of the game, and it's just, it's, it's not great. It, it's not great. So the relief pitching really has sort of collapsed, you know, if it ever was really good. It sort of collapsed recently. Now, on hitting, the problems that have occurred recently, Hicks is still a joke. Even if he got into a little bit of a better hitting streak, he is hitting a little better. But he still sucks balls in big spots. I'm sorry. Hicks, Aaron Hicks sucks balls. And I don't want to hear anything saying otherwise because he cannot get it done in big spots. And I don't, I don't want to hear it. And he is a completely overpaid disaster on the Yankees. Number two. How is Joey Gallo still on this fucking team? How is Joey Gallo on this team? He's hitting, what, 160 now? How? Just how is he on this friggin' team? I, I don't understand. Just, at this point, outright friggin' release him. Like, what is, what is it that he's helping us with at this point? I don't want to hear anything more about Joey Gallo. I don't care. He might go on some great streak and bring his average all the way up to... Raise it if he raises his average thirty or forty points, he'll still be hitting barely two hundred, and they'll probably be singing his praises because that's his lifetime average at this point. But you know, it's just not good enough. Certainly, one hundred and sixty isn't good enough, but two hundred isn't good enough. It's just not. You can't win championships with players like Gallo and Hicks on your team. Also contributing to the Yankee slump. Recently, uh, Aaron Judge has been slumping pretty badly. He has tremendous numbers and just an absolute MVP-style number first half. He's been 
just as good as he can get. He's been great defensively as well in center field, but he's been slumping badly. His average has gone down 30, 35 points in the last month or so. It's pretty bad. He's down, I think, under 280 at this point. He was over 310 for a lot of the season. Now he's in the 270s or so, which is not bad, but it's quite a bit of a slump. Stanton has been slumping just unbelievably. He's had a couple big homers for the Yanks, but that's it. He's really, really slumping. He's down in, what, the 240s or something hitting? Really not good. Higashioka cannot hit if his life depended on it. I mean, come on here, guys. Um, He had a great preseason, and all of a sudden everyone was singing how great Higgy can hit, but come on, man. He, He just cannot hit at all. I mean, and honestly, other than... Judge and Stanton, none of this stuff I just talked about, as far as the hitters, is really new news, right? Hicks has always been a joke. Gallo's always sucked. You know, Higgy has never been able to hit. Now, Judge and Stanton were hitting well in the beginning of the season and now are both slumping pretty badly. So, not much of that is actually news. As for the positives, Torres has been hitting really well. Glaber Torres is just hitting, you know, showing that he can hit like he has three years ago, four years ago. His defense still blows balls 100%. Um, uh, they keep overselling it, both on TV and in print, how much better his defense is now that he's back in second. It's not. It's not that much better at all. It's the same. He still can't throw the ball. He tries to throw the ball on the run so he doesn't have to plane and throw the ball past first base. His defense is terrible. But the positive for Torres is he's definitely hitting well, and I'm very confident when he's at the plate now. He is one of the more clutch hitters for the Yanks and has been really stroking the ball. DJ is hitting well. Donaldson has been hitting a little bit better. And Rizzo's had some big hits. So those are the positives for hitting. However, you know, the Yankee team as it is now you know, certainly the warts are showing, right? The starting pitching has not been as great. All five starters have struggled up and down. We don't know what's going to happen with Severino. He got pulled from the game in the second or third inning last stint. We're going to have to see if there's any injury there. Ryan, Brian Cashman needs to be a good GM and not sit on his friggin' ass. And he needs to make this team better at the trade deadline. He got Tyler Wade back, and that's a decent start in my mind, even though he was only hitting 215 or something on the Angels. He is the kind of player the Yankees need more of a contact hitter with speed that plays good defense. It's hard to go wrong with contact hitters that are fast that play good defense. And, you know, IKF for us at shortstop, for example, it's hard to not like him, even though he's having a little tough run at, at short. You know, he isn't playing as good defense as he was sort of, you know, we were told he was, but in general, he's fast, he makes contact, and he generally plays pretty good defense. He does have too many errors, though. Um, we'll have to see, but but Ryan, Brian Cashman has got to actually do something instead of what he did in the offseason was, you know, I'm going to keep Boone, I'm going to keep everyone, and not make any moves. And, you know, again, our starting five pitchers have been absolutely lights out until about a month ago, and that is the reason the Yankees have this fantastic record. It's just utterly spectacular, unbelievable starting pitching. Now they don't quite have that, and the bullpen is sucking even worse than they have, and you're starting to see some of the warts. The Yanks are really good. They're a very good team. They're very close to winning a championship this year, but right now they need to be better. They're going to lose to Houston at this point with the roster they have right now. They have to get better. So let's see what they can do. 
Cashman, get off your ass, make some good moves, get some better pitching, improve this team. And that's all I have for you today. I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends all about it. I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.